Welcome to the I Create Daily Podcast. I'm Leora Alderson. And I'm Devani Alderson. We're your co-hosts on this journey of creativity and productivity. I Create Daily is for artists in every genre of creating, from musicians to writers, crafters to inventors, bloggers to entrepreneurs. I Create Daily is a movement for creators serious about your art. If you're into creating anything, this podcast is definitely for you. Thank you so much for joining us on this journey. Hello and welcome to the I Create Daily podcast, a movement for creators serious about their art. I'm Devani. And I'm Leora. Our guest today is Nathan Hughes, who is a digital art fanboy who has been drawing, painting, sculpting, and everything else creative for as long as he can remember. Nathan says, I truly believe creativity is something for everyone. And we agree. Passionate about art and helping artists succeed in the business of their craft, Nathan started the website artignition.com, a community of artists, designers, and creatives eager to help fellow artists grow in their craft, artistry, and creative business. Welcome, Nathan. G'day. It's, uh, yeah, it's great to be talking to you guys. And with that wonderful greeting, we should say that you're in Australia, uh, so we'll get to enjoy your wonderful Australian accent throughout this interview. And Perfect. you're coming to us in your early morning. Tell us where in Australia you are. Yeah, so I'm actually, uh, like I grew up in Sydney uh, in New South Wales, but I'm actually now living in a, a country town, which is about six and a half hours northwest of Sydney. Uh, it's a place called Armidale. So yeah, it's a bit of a, a scenery change, but it's, it's nice here. Awesome. Very good. Very cool. good. Well, let's kick this off. How did you get started with um, pursuing art as a business and what are you doing with that now? Yeah, perfect. So um, it, it's really interesting. I, I used to love art as a kid and, um, you know, like, like I, 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 you know, said to you guys earlier, you know, I, I love creating and I was always drawing and painting and everything. And, um, you know, as I kind of got older and I went through high school and such like that, um, you know, you, you tend to get told the story that you've got to get a good job and make money and stuff like that. So unfortunately I had put that to, I put that to the side and, and focused on studies and such like that. But I always had that thing in the back of my mind and yeah, my, my career led me into marketing and, and you know, that has its own creative outlet. So I really enjoyed that. And then it was about uh, four years ago and it was probably the same time I moved to uh, Armadale, which is where I'm at now. And I really just found I missed that creative side of me. And I just started drawing, but I found it really, really hard to get back into it because you had those old stories of what's the point of this, da 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 da, da like all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I managed to surround myself with some really uh, cool people who, who, who pushed me in that. And, um, you know, I, one person in particular made me read the... Um, the Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And that really just completely blew out all of, you know, those negative thoughts that kind of in your head and, and how I associate myself with art. And, um, yeah, so I just had this explosion of, you know, drawing and creativity. And, yeah, I, I wanted to bring my expertise with, like, digital marketing, which is, you know, what I was doing, and my love and passion for, for art and bring it together. And that, that was 
that was the catalyst for Art Ignition. And I teamed up with a couple of uh, other artists. We started kind of creating cool content and putting it up there. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it's been evolving over time. And, you know, recently, well, not recently, over the last couple of years, you know, friends of mine who are artists and, and acquaintances as well have reached out to me knowing that I have this background with marketing, but I also have an understanding around, you know, art and creativity. And, you know, so I've been working with them and helping them with, um, you know, their marketing and how I can use my knowledge in this particular area that, Artists know they need to know, but sometimes they just, they want to focus more on their art than, you know, the, the, the marketing side right. of things. And yeah. I've been helping them kind of take care of that, understand that. And yeah, just help them take actual real steps that make a difference to what it is that they want to do. Okay, excellent. So your site, uh, you have a wonderful site, it's fairly young, um, but it's beautifully developed very intelligently developed from mm -hmm. the standpoint of marketing and optimization, uh, incredible in-depth content. Yes. Um, you, you and I connected relative to your sharing about an article you had written on the go or that was on your site recently published. I think Chelsea maybe have written actually. Yeah. Wrote, yeah. Chelsea who's one yeah. of the artists that helps us. Yeah. yeah. On, on the golden ratio. Mm -hmm. And we linked that to an article we have, uh, on the concept of the golden ratio as well. And so it definitely will link that in this podcast and recommend people go there and, and peruse your content. But having some, like what we do is we have a portfolio of websites and areas of interest to us. And so entering the world of online properties and discovering that get like, every artist does yeah. that you put your work out there, you pour your heart into it, you write content and nobody comes uh, yeah. because you don't know how to optimize for it and write to SEO and keywords and that sort of thing. Clearly you do. So mm. you are bringing in the marketing piece and the, the marketing knowledge um, of how to help your own site get found and grow um, as well as something that we'll get into later that you can share with other artists. But mm. So one of the things we wanted to talk about a little bit is that your like your knowledge of that, but also your name, like your site name first. Art Ignition is a great name, a <laughs> logo. So tell us about that. Yeah, Art Ignition. Uh, the the name itself was um, I, I really wanted it to be something that kind of when you heard it, you just you got excited by it because it, it 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 I don't know it, it it for me when I hear Art Ignition, it's kind of like it you know, that fire within you kind of thing, you know, it, it's something that, you know, we all want to express ourselves and, 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 and you know, feeling, feeling alive. And, and for me, art's a big thing of that. And I wanted to share that with others. And I guess the name is, is resonant of that. Yeah, definitely. And did you come up with a logo or did somebody, did you have somebody do that? I had I had um, I had a couple of ideas. I did a couple of sketches, but I got a, a yeah I got a graphic artist to um, to do it for me. And yeah, there was a couple back and forth, and they I, I just love the the idea of the um, the paintbrush on fire. I was like, yeah, that, that's cool. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. that is cool. So now, are you building Art Ignition? Like you're building it as a community and resource for artists, which will include, I presume, over time, uh, already includes services and will over time probably include courses, I'm guessing, maybe even a membership kind of thing, mm -hmm. I guess, on the vision where you might be going. Um, and you can, you know, fill in the blank of whether that's true. Part of my question includes, though, whether are you building it more with that goal in mind or are you building it in it with more of the niche art uh, uh, site concept in mind. 
Yeah, so I guess where, where I sit right now with, with art ignition is I'm focused a lot on the artists. So I'm having a lot of conversation with artists to really find out the challenges that they're facing. And I also know what my expertise is. So I'm really honing into those challenges and where my expertise overlaps. And art ignition will then fill that gap. So at this point in time, you know, I've been reaching out to a lot of uh, like artists who have, have sold some art. They've made a little bit of money with their art. They may be working full time but they want to uh, work towards building their own art business. So I've been working very much towards, I'm focused on finding solutions to actual problems that artists are facing. Um, And I guess whilst I don't have a concrete, what that looks like, that's the goal. That's what I'm aiming at. And at the moment I'm playing with services and, and such like that, that fulfills on that. And ultimately what I can see art ignition turning into, particularly in you know, the, the next phase of it that I've got in mind, is it's going to be a resource where it's not just like, try this on Instagram and da-da-da-da, that's good, and it will include that, but it'll be, it'll force the artist to step back. And this is one thing I've, I've noticed with a lot of artists, is they're like, how do I get more followers on Instagram? And I say, well, why do you want more followers on Instagram? And when you take a step back and you look at, okay, as an artist, what is your goal? And a lot of artists have very different goals. You have artists that want to get their art in you know, children's books, which is fantastic. You've got other artists who want to create these epic fantasy pieces and sell prints and maybe you know, create a, a, a book portfolio or something like that. That's awesome. But they're very different um, goals. Same with artists that want to get their stuff into galleries. Again, very different goals. And so by defining what it is that you want as an artist, it actually, and taking that step back to do that, it actually helps determine what is the best course of action, what is the best way to market. So if you're someone looking to get into galleries, yeah, Instagram could help, but there are other avenues that are probably going to be more effective for your time. Same with trying to get a publishing deal with, with a, you know, a children's book publisher. So this, you know, so I like to to look at what actually works, and then you know help the artists determine the goals that they want, and then provide the information necessary to help them get there. So that's that's kind of a different way I'm looking at it. It's not necessarily throwing information out there and hoping it sticks. Mm-hmm. It's allowing the artist to see, okay, this is where I want to go, helping them see that, yeah. and then providing the actionable steps that they can take to achieve it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's actually um, important and very needed because, I mean, you're absolutely right. Not every artist should be or needs to be on every platform. And that's Mm -hmm. really important to hone in on early in the journey, too, so that they don't waste a lot of time, you know, trying to and and also kind of like feeling overwhelmed by trying to be everywhere. Um, And not every artist wants to build a big online presence. There are some artists who are more introverted. There are some that are very extroverted and they love fueling that social community it really helps them and then there's some who would rather just sell the work and only do the social stuff if they absolutely have to <laughs> yeah totally and, and that's the thing as well it's like uh, everyone's different and the way you approach marketing is different i am naturally outgoing i'm very much an extrovert which is unusual for an artist <laughs> but uh, and, and sitting down in front of a computer eight hours a day, 
you know, I can do it, but it's not the most enjoyable thing. And so reaching out to people and getting involved with people doing things such as this, this is enjoyable for me and it's still marketing. So, you know, it's able to tick that box of great. I'm getting myself out there. But yeah. at the same time, like I'm enlivened by this kind of thing. And that's what I want with artists. You know, if you're an introvert and you really don't have the time, particularly if you're already like, you've already got like a nine to five job and you're in that transition phase, every piece of, time is really really precious and i can tell you 99% of artists they want to focus on their art more than they do on marketing right and you know things like instagram and stuff like that they are very very effective and they also take a lot of time so you know by looking at like okay the constraints that they have and what they want to achieve sometimes there's different ways of doing it so for example if you're an artist and you're like i want to get my big instagram following so i can get more people to my website I've had a couple of sales. I know these things are interest of people. I might say, okay, well, I can see that, okay, the time is a limited thing, but you have maybe an extra $50, $100 a month that you could spare on marketing. So instead of worrying about spending an hour, half an hour a day on Instagram, there's different avenues you can take. You know, you could get that list of people that have already bought from you and you can put it into Facebook and they find, you know, similar people with similar interests to the people that have already bought from you and you can market to them. You know, you have this essentially new array of people that are essentially fit the same description and, and bill of, of someone who has already bought your art. You can mm-hmm. find and market them directly. That I would say would be more effective than Instagram, particularly in the beginning where time is limited. Because you can put that into Facebook and have it running in the background and you can come in and you can tweak it once a week and you can start to automate it. And I won't go into the details, but you know, it, 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 it really brings in the idea that, okay, if time's limited, there's a different way to go about it. Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is artists by knowing where they want to go, what's important to them and their strengths and their weaknesses can leverage off certain things to their benefit. And it helps them determine, is this worth my time right now? Or it would this be a better option? And they're able to, by having that distinction, they're able to make those decisions a lot easier. So that's why I like to start off. And then you get into the strategy and the tactics and all that fun stuff. Right. Right. Well, one of the things that we advise people too is to also go consider the platforms where they already habitat, mm-hmm. you know, habitate rather. So like if they're, yeah. if they're comfortable with Facebook, um, but have never been to Instagram, then they should focus on Facebook. And if they want to do Facebook ads, as you've indicated, then they also uh, need to grow a Facebook page in order to be able to reach a wider audience with the Facebook ads, targeting the demographic mm-hmm. that you mentioned, whether, yeah. you know, the specific, the, the profile of demographic for people that fit their audience and the people who already buy from them and like their, their art. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, it's very much about, you know, and this is a very businessy term, but it's about finding the return of your investment, the best yeah. return on your investment of money and time. Like, you know, right. like time, time is a limited asset. Right. Um, and I know me, like if you gave me a decision of, you know, do this administration stuff or, Hey, do you want to go draw for the next hour and a half? I'll be like, <laughs> Give me a piece of paper and a pencil. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So it's, it's great having you on because you can speak to what it is that so many artists need more of. And Mm -hmm. that is um, basically how to get their work out into the world and get it sold. So 
here, so in our audience, for instance, we have someone just asked just the other day, they create these maps, like uh, fantasy fiction kind of maps for people, for authors, for gamers, what kind of thing, that kind of thing. So where would you wreck? And they were just asking, you know, where do you go to market maps? Basically? And one of the key points of her question was also that a lot of people, like she hand draws the maps. So she's yeah. hand sketching, drawing, do, customizing it for um, custom, um, custom drawn maps. And she was saying a lot of people right now are really into the digital map stuff, maybe yeah. like their websites or whatever. And so she was saying, do I need to market in the same places that these digital artists are marketing or do I need to find other avenues where people will pay for somebody to do custom hand drawn work? Yeah, okay. So I guess the way, the way I would approach this is, uh, firstly, uh, I assume that she, this person is uh, wanting to essentially just sell the maps. They're not looking to work with someone like Magic or D&D or something like that. Well, I well she wanted to do, Actually, wanted yeah. to do um, commission work. Yeah. So she's yeah, okay. done a lot of maps before. She's done it for some authors. She's done it for her own um, creative work. And so she wants the custom commission. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. So I guess um, what I, this is how I approach any uh, marketing where I'm not necessarily familiar with that, that specific thing. So, you know, I, 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 I've never drawn maps and tried to sell it. So the way I would approach it is I would actually find out who's already doing that. And I do know on Kickstarter, for example, and Patreon, that there are people that do this and that they're very successful. Um, and, and look at what they're doing and what's working for them and what's not working for them. And an, a, another tip that I would all, also give is a lot of these people are really, really friendly. Reach out to them and say, hey, like, I love what you're doing. You know, your maps are really cool. I, I do the same thing. I'd really love to talk to you about your process, what you do, and how do you get your stuff out there? What's worked for you? Mm -hmm. And this does two things. One, you get real-world marketing advice from someone that's already done it. Okay, so you, you're, you're, you're learning what they've done and what they haven't done, the mistakes that they've made and the ones that you can avoid. But you're also making essentially a, uh, an ally. You know, you, you guys can work together and... Um, you know, help each other. You know, this guy might do certain maps, but maybe not these ones, but you do do these ones. So, you know, and, and there can be a back and forth there. So, it does, yeah, it does those two things. It builds that kind of network and it also gives you a clear idea. So that's what I would do. And, and you'll find certain things will really work for them, whatever that might be. And then it's about getting into action with that and, and going, okay, well, I want to be here at this particular point this is my goal for this particular point in time, but three months or a year or whatever that is. Okay. And then set milestones. Maybe like if it's a year set, uh, you know, uh, monthly milestones. So you're working backwards. Okay. And then, you know, within that next month, you'll do weekly milestones and then you go, okay, well, what are the daily actions that I can take? Yeah. So that's how I would very, like, it is very generic because I would usually talk and get more detail with this person, but that's how I would roughly approach it. Uh, and then, you know, all, and through that stage, it's obviously uh, looking at what's working, what's not working and refining, you know, talking to people, that is the biggest thing, you know, you're creating whatever this you're creating, you're creating it for someone over there and your artwork, you, whatever it is, it's landing over there with them to the point where they're getting value from it so much that they're willing to put money for it. 
okay? It's an exchange of value. So what, um, what you can do is if, if they've already had some successful sales, talk to those people and say, hey, like, this is so much fun, you're drawing this map for you or whatever it is. Like, what had, like, find out why. Like, what is it about my maps that you loved? What is it that had you drawn to me and ultimately get me to do this? And, you know, and then ask them, like, yeah. where, like, how do you find me? Where would you go to look for stuff like this? And this gives you a ton of information. Firstly, you get to understand your person a lot better. And, you know, if they're like, I love your art for this reason, you're like, great. Like, it gives you a little bit of a self-esteem boost of like, I'm doing the right thing or I really enjoy that or I can do more of that, see what happens there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by asking them, where do you hang out and stuff like that, this is an opportunity to find people like-minded mm-hmm. who you could also, you know, provide value to through your art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what I really like about that is what it really speaks to is that marketing is about getting to know your audience anyway Mm -hmm. and being tuned into and aware of what they're interested in, um, the connection with people, people that are connecting to your art, and then you connect with them, you know, through your art, you know, so it's really just like about relationship building, you know, in a way you could say marketing is about relationship building and um, also trying to connect with those who would like to connect with you and your art and as well as those who already are because there's your existing audience is the richest source of information and market research that you can yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and they're usually really cool people because they like your stuff (laughs) and they might and uh, back to what you were saying and if they've already bought from you before you can also follow up with them like you were saying you can do your targeted ad things like you were saying before, but you can also ask them for referrals because a lot of times like yeah. authors who are writing books probably know other authors in their similar genre. They're probably part of Facebook groups where they know a lot of people who could use something like that. And just like leveraging the people that you already know and have already provided value to, to help build that. Cause word of mouth or word of social, whatever, how, word of mouth is still one of the best marketing tools. It's not automated, but it's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's fulfilling because you've already like, there's a, that those relations, like uh, uh, a lot of people buy up because they see there's a relationship that they have with it. And it's, it's a personal relationship. You know, one of the reasons fan art is so popular and you have a lot of people creating fan art and selling it is, a lot of people already have a relationship with these established characters or stories and such like that, be it, you know, your latest anime character or, you know, like an old poem or, or of Norse mythology, right? People already have a relationship with that idea or character. And, you know, fan art is about giving life to that. And people go, wow, like that is, that's exactly how I feel when I read that poem or, or see that character or something like that mm-hmm. and so that's why it's it's you know fan art can be quite popular but you can still create that with your own art and and it's through the relationships that you build with with your audience you know artists very much it's about you know developing the person's relationship with the art and with the audience so yeah definitely you know if, if you could build those relationships for referrals and 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 and, and really solidify them by instead of being a faithless person on the internet, actually being a real talking human head, yeah. uh, people connect with you so much deeply and, and care about you and you get raving fans, which is, which is great. 
So, oh, were you going to ask something related? Because yeah. I was going to yeah. no, slightly yeah. change yeah, subject. Slightly related, I think. Well, it was, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's still about people in our audience and the kind of thing that they're interested in. And um, so the next biggest, um, like, com common issue is for artists of a number of different genres, um, just basically wanting to get their art sold. Mm -hmm. You know, like some of them do shows um, and, you know, they might get, a they, might, they might sell something or get a commission, but there's a tremendous amount of work, you know, in hauling all your art mm -hmm. and going to a show and displaying it. A lot of times you have to hang it yourself and then go back and collect yeah. it and bring it back. And you may or may not get noticed. And as you know, you know, the World Wide Web allows you to leverage your time and resources so much better by putting your, your work online. Uh, so just what in general advice could you give to visual artists toward getting their work sold? Uh, you know, like what have, what are you seeing that are some of the, just the general broad stroke things that are the most effective and successful for, for artists to monetize their work through selling it? Yeah. So it, 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 it's a broad question and it, it, and it's one that it's not the easiest to say, just do this. You guys will be fine. Um, because again, <laughs> yeah. every artist is different. Their goals are different. The audience for that art is different and where they hang out. So I'm going to kind of take a step back and I, I've said it a bit before is firstly, find out what you want. Um, that's definitely number one because that filters out a lot of the busy work. Well, let me, just, you, let me just interject on that for a moment if I could, because I can answer that question as if I was one of the artists. I just want to sell more paintings. So, so let, yeah, like, cool. you know, let's say that they're saying, I just want to sell more paintings. Yeah, awesome. So, so I, I'd be like, why, why do you want to sell more paintings? And it might sound a little bit in your face, but there's reasons for that, right? Like, yeah, I want to make money from my art because I want to work full time uh, on this. So I have more time for my art. So these are things that are important, right? So get, just getting a clearer idea about what you want. So great, you want to sell more, more art. So I would then say, and I've said this before, find out people that, who, who are successful at that already. Similar style of art, find out where they're hanging out, what they're doing and such like that. So there's a little bit of research, okay? And it's, it's yeah. you know, I, I'm not one to kind of make things flashy. I, I want to be the kind of person that tells you what works. Yes. Uh, so I'm not going to be like, post on Instagram, use these hashtags. <laughs> like, if that doesn't work, I'm going to tell you. Okay, mm. so you need to find who's doing well already. And I guarantee there's someone who might be similar. There's probably not going to be exactly the same, but there's people that might be working in oils and they do it in an abstract way or, or they might just be doing digital and they love prints or, or, or putting it on cups. Find those people, find out what they're doing and, and you know, kind of research and kind of steal from what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Still like again, an artist. <laughs> sorry, like an artist. Yeah, still still like like an artist. Artist. Artists are naturally entrepreneurial. They just don't know it yet. Like, cause mm -hmm. it, it's that creative mindset. I like that. Um, mm -hmm. So just tap into that creativity, get sneaky, whatever. Like, you know, but reach out to these people and say, Hey, like I've really been enjoying your stuff. I see that you've been posting on Instagram or, or whatever it might be. Do you mind if I have a, you know, a quick, you know, 15 minute conversation, I've just got a bunch of questions da, 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 da. and you'll get, so much more value out of that than you would just going and maybe reading an article on how to market on Instagram. Yeah. You get some really precise and, and relevant information. And then from there, they'll give you that, those little hints of information and then you can go do some research. So that's my general advice to artists. Um, and then 
based on what, what it is that they want to do, the cons, you know the certain constrictions that they might have in one form or another. It could be time, money is obviously two obvious ones. You know, there's different avenues that they can take. So, I guess that's a very general answer for a general question, but I want to make it so artists can take that and get into action and actually get something from it if they follow those that advice. So d does that answer your question? Yeah, I'm, I think that, I mean, it is general and, it, yeah. and some of that's the common sense thing. And so, you know, if you're working already with artists and you're talking with a lot of artists, you already have, I mean, like, sure, it depends on the person's goals, but yeah. you know, there are only a handful of goals, essentially, for most artists at this point in time, visual artists, it is to get known, get recognized, get their art sold, get commissions, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So therefore, like, that's just like four or five basic things. Um, and so what we can, given that there are four or five basic things, there are probably four or five basic things that you find to be the most productive mm -hmm. um, and or the most productive outlets, such as like, for instance, I noticed in your, some of your articles, you link to deviantart.com. You've used some of their arts and you link to those artist pages. Um, yeah. Are you finding that there are certain platforms, whether it's Redbubble and Zazzle or DeviantArt or American fine, America's Fine Artists or whatever it may be, what are you seeing is bringing the best results for artists overall? So like, yeah, our folks, yeah, can okay. go in, so our folks can go and talk to people that they admire, mm -hmm. people whose art is similar. They can observe, they can stalk them on Facebook, they can stalk them and find out what they're doing. But a lot of times yeah. it doesn't necessarily tell them what's putting the most money in their pocket. So if you're talking to an array of artists and you know, you know, like a lot of different success stories, then what are some of the success stories that you're seeing for, for whatever kind of artist? Yeah, perfect. All right. So um, in terms of what's working for a lot of artists and how they can transition to making that money, uh, you know, online is essentially uh, a lot of artists, particularly when they start off, they, the thing that really pushes them forward when they, they first make their first sale at is usually conventions. So I know I'm talking about online, but it's usually offline that they, they'll, they'll have a lot more success in the beginning. And the reason for that is, again, it comes to relationships. People can see the artwork in real life. They can see, wow, that's huge or that's really cool and intricate, right? And you can't get that online. And they're able to develop uh, a relationship with the artist, okay? So conventions for an artist uh, is probably the first thing I would recommend. If they've never made a sale, go to these local art conventions uh, because you get to talk to the people, you get to ask those questions that I mentioned before in person to them. Okay. And you'll start to get a lot of information about what, like how people relate to your art. And then you start to use that information online. So the way I would initially start is yeah, working, like start with conventions and have like email signups. So I just say, Hey, you know, like I've, I've got a, a, um, a newsletter. I'll send out once a month. This with updates, stuff like that. And just have like a little, um, you know, little sheet where people can put their name and their email and such like that. And, you know, to, you know, some people I know entice them saying, you know, and I'll randomly pick one person out and you get a free print of your choice. So, you know, that, that's, nice. that's where I would start off. And then once you've kind of built this relationship and you've got this email list, you would, uh, you know, you would send that first email saying, Hey, it was great to see you at, you know, this particular convention or whatever it was. Um, you know, da, 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 da. 
and promote your, your Facebook or your Instagram or wherever it is that you're online, right? Because you want to have multiple points of contact. You, want to, you just want to be in the back of their head, right? So mm -hmm. when they're like, hey, I've got a bit of money and they see your artwork and like, wow, yeah, I remember seeing them at you know, this convention. They were really cool. Let's see what other stuff they've got. Oh, wow, yeah, cool. Bam, I, I want that one. I'll buy it. So that's the, that's the way a lot of artists can, can make their first dollar and then transition to online. And then when, it, when the, the, the benefit of online is its scale. So then once you start to get this momentum and it will be slow, it's like a snowball, right? You can start to build it up and you can start to, you know, you, know, you, you, you a lot of artists I know, they, 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 they will make a lot of their money at first through these conventions, which yes, takes a lot of time and stuff like that. But by actively leveraging off the th that, that works, by gaining these emails, promoting their online stuff, building an online audience through an offline means, they can, yeah, they can then start to build an online following, which then can grow exponentially. And obviously, you know, the other thing you want to keep in mind is you just don't want to get followers for the sake of followers. You want to right. get followers who will essentially are raving fans. And we'll, 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 you know, if you want to make money, doing what you love full time, these people obviously need to be paying for your art. So you got to keep that in mind. Uh, a lot of people just want the followers. The better thing is to get the paying followers, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And that's such a good point too, because a lot of times at these conventions, these days, they'll have specific like tags or hashtags on social media that will just by you naturally being there and engaging and tapping into an audience that somebody else has curated um, yep. that are buyers for the most part, like a lot of, I mean, you, you get the gamut everywhere you go, whether it's online or offline, you get the people who just stroll by and then you get the serious buyers, but you get mm. to tap into this social network as well, because you can, t you can do live social media at conventions in terms of posting and using the hashtags to generate more followers, which again, remind people it's sort of like online. I know we do it, you do it on your website, but when you get links from other places or link backs or you link to other trusted places that people mm. like, it's, it's like a similar concept with going to the conventions. You're associating with a brand that people already trust, yeah. which, which helps obviously with your marketing everywhere. Yeah, and the other thing that people don't think about is there's a level of... Um, uh, you know, when people go to conventions, they usually have to pay a small amount of money to get into the convention. It could be, you know, $10. It can sometimes be $100. Uh, but the point is, is these people are committed to, to art and what you're doing because they've literally pulled their pocket out before even walking into the convention to say, I want to see what's in here. So the, the people that you meet at conventions are really engaged already. It's not just someone flipping through on their phone going, oh, yeah, that looks good. I'll like that. It's these people, they're, they're, you, know, you, you want to go for those high quality uh, fans. Yeah. Uh, you know, these people are highly engaged. They're, they're, they, they, they love this stuff and they usually have money to spare because to, to, they, they want to buy artwork. They, they, yeah, so that's why I say as a first off thing, conventions are fantastic. Even though it's not online, it's a great segment to, to building your audience online. Yeah, definitely. And also relationship building. So for instance, yeah. um, you know, you, you mentioned the children's art, a children's book artist, kind of if someone wanted to do that, 
then mm. a great place, not just art shows, but in general, like um, shows for artists, authors, creatives, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Then that's a place to connect with other people. Like on the I Create Daily uh, group and platform, we have all artists of all kinds, including mm -hmm. writers, uh, artists, entrepreneurs, people who mm. are building businesses, as well as people who are visual artists. And, you know, over time, we, our goal is to become more of a platform for that kind of collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that, you know, if you want to, like, for instance, um, Joshua Robertson and Lillian Oak, they're in our community and they're both fantasy fiction authors. And yeah, they, cool. they have a fantastic artist, uh, a who, an artist who created fantastic work for their covers, their book covers. Um, yeah. And so, you know, those are collaborative things mm -hmm. that by getting out of the house, getting out of the yeah. art studio and going to conferences, conventions and that sort of thing, you make those relationships as well as what you were mentioning earlier. You can walk the floor mm -hmm. and see the artists who seem to be doing really well um, yeah. and find out more of what they're doing. So that makes perfect sense. But I would like to, to go back again to the concept of the online. Um, and yeah. that is like, are you familiar with and do you know of success stories of artists in stores like Redbubble and Zazzle? Because the thing about those, again, you're talking, you mentioned scale earlier. Obviously, yeah. those are the kinds of things that can scale more than any original print for an artist, a visual artist. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and I know that there are success stories, but I also know that most of them don't come with just listing your product. Yeah. You still then have to market that store, market your shop, you know, wherever it may be. So, yeah. Are you seeing any success stories of those, of any of yeah, those platforms? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of success uh, stories with these, uh, you know, these different avenues of selling your artwork. Um, and, and a lot of it, uh, one of the things, unfortunately, that a lot of people have is they think if I post my stuff up on Etsy, if I post my stuff up on, you know, Redbubble or Society6 or whatever it is that, that, that they've chosen, that people will naturally come to me. And unfortunately, um, these platforms aren't social media. They're not like a way for, like, yes, there's ways people can discover you, but it, it is reliant very much on your own self-promotion and marketing. If you go in there expecting that I put my stuff in there and great, I can live full-time as an artist, unfortunately, you're going to be very disappointed. Mm -hmm. So it does come back to marketing. Now, I, um, I reached out to an artist in Sydney and she is very, very successful on Etsy. Um, and you know, when you look deeper and deeper into why she's successful is she does focus very heavily on marketing. She's got a very large presence on Instagram. She has over 327,000 people. Uh, she's got a huge pin, like she's recently moved on to Pinterest. She is using social media and moving her audience around. And it's like a little adventure that her audience are having. And then she's like, great, I've got something on sale. And bam, they're, they're, they're put straight to Etsy. Um, and both her and her husband work full time on, on their business. So mm -hmm. she just creates all day and he now just takes care of the marketing. Mm -hmm. um, so that that is... You know, it's definitely possible to, to you know, use these platforms to, to make money, but those platforms by themselves uh, is not enough. You know, you need, you need to get yourself out there. Um, and it's the same with something like Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a great way to, to, to make money, but it's not a way to discover new people. Yes, on occasion, yeah. that does happen. 
but that's not the whole point of it. The point is to provide a structure in which you know people can support your work, but you still need to find that audience. You still need to to put yourself out there for that to happen. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good point, and it reminds me of um, uh, crowdsourcing platforms. Yeah, like, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. yeah go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, it just so um, crowdsourcing platforms like Indiegogo um, or Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Um, so it's like the most successful are those that already have an audience, mm -hmm. um, really. And, you know, many people who go on those platforms think of that as the way to get their art sold. But again, it really comes down to, and we talk about this a lot and the I create daily thing is that you have to build your brand and you have to keep doing yeah. art regularly and daily, and you have to let it get out into the world by sharing it on social media, which will grow your audience, you know? So it's, and remembering that, yeah, a lot of the people we follow who are successful and have large audiences did all of that groundwork. They just started a lot earlier. You know, you when you look at like successful YouTubers, successful visual artists, whoever it may be, who has a large following, sure, there are some people who go out there and buy a big audience. But for the most part, the really, the truly successful ones making a living, they put in all those hours and time and now we're just seeing the external success of that yeah like i i could like i geek out you know listening to case studies and stuff of yeah, yeah. You know, people who have had success and you know it a lot of the work goes on months beforehand so they have an idea for a product that they want to kickstart, and so they will go okay cool like it could be you know gaming dice or or you know they have a book they want to release and they they plan well in advance and they start the marketing months in advance to, to build up that audience, gets people start getting excited, da, 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 da. So when they do finally open that Kickstarter and they've got that 30 days, they get that massive influx of people who, who are really, like they've been building that up and they're really, really excited. They put that money in. And then the other people who might not know about their product because they haven't been involved with that earlier marketing, because they can see it's already successful, you kind of get people jumping on the bandwagon and that's how they, they kind of go over the line. And, you know, like to, to break that down into to more specific examples is, you know, a lot of people will, um, you know, they, they might have their own little audience that they've gathered through just generic things like, you know, posting on Instagram, using hashtags or, or Facebook or whatever that is, right? But then they'll actively start marketing. So one particular example I have in mind is, they were they were selling dice, but they also had some artwork to go with the game and stuff like that. And so what they did was they started they wanted to target people that they knew would originally would you know later buy these particular dice. So their target market was you know Magic the Gathering fans. So what they started doing is they started a competition where the competition was uh, you know if for for you know to, in order to enter the competition you have to follow their page. And they used particular software, which I can't remember off the top of my head right now, that enabled, that tracked the, the, the people that followed the page as a result of the competition and also gave them an extra entry if they liked their Instagram or their Google Plus or followed mm -hmm. them on their, you know, um, their, their, their email list. And so they, they had this kind of initial marketing little campaign. But the, the artwork is very much something that anyone who you know, who loves Magic the Gathering would be like, yes, I want to be in that competition, okay? Mm. And then what that then did is these people are now following them in Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, and they have a month to warm these people up and develop that relationship with them, okay? And then later down the track, they start hinting at this, this 
Kickstarter campaign. Hey, like we're looking to, to build this. This is some really cool ideas we have. Maybe they, they do a poll. Like, what would you guys like to see in this? So the, the, the audience is more invested in, in this new product that hasn't even come out yet, but they're like, this is sounding cool. I've had a say in this, like all that stuff. And then finally they launched the Kickstarter and they blasted on Facebook. They blasted on Instagram. They've sent the email like, Hey, like guys, we need this to happen. And these people that they hadn't known two months ago or a month ago or whatever have come on board being, you know, introduced and developed a relationship and then bam, that's when they do the Kickstarter. And that, that is where results, you'll see more results than someone who has gone, okay, let's see if this works. So I'm going to throw it out to my existing customers yeah. or hope that people on Kickstarter just like my stuff. And unfortunately that that's going to be full of, Tease. <laughs> it reminds me of how um the most successful movies or tv shows get launched it's just like you see the mini trailers the trailers to the trailers months even a full year before the actual thing and then the second the movie premieres everyone's there like that's how that works yeah. it's because they spend all this time like you spend all the time behind the scenes producing and then you spend all the time behind the scenes behind the scenes creating the promotions and then you drip the promotions out and then bam on that one yeah. day you get all the people who have invested yeah exactly and you know like you get the the people with like conspiracy theorists pop up you know like game of thrones easy example there's whole youtube channels with millions of subscribers based on what potentially could happen they just a lot of the time they're just kind of making it up it's intelligent you know yeah. theories but you know that that's the thing right like that, that's part of promotion and, and building that relationship. And, you know, those theories, people are invested. Like, they're like, I wonder if this idea that I had actually comes true. And, you know, when this happened, oh, I got that right. You know, like, there's a relationship there. And if you can tap into that with your audience and without it, it's definitely something you can do. Um, you know, you have, what you know, the, these raving fans. Um, and, and they're going to be invested. And, and you know, they're going to want to, have your art because they see a bit of themselves in your art, which is, right. is important. So let's say that, um, and again, I appreciate you're letting us pick your brain on this because this is such a big, I like it. good. This is such a big topic for artists and we like to geek out on it too. Um, so, so let's say that uh, somebody already has created a Facebook audience. You know, they, maybe they have a couple thousand, um, on Facebook and may or may not have an Instagram and they're, they've created art that they're trying to sell. Like, um, what are you seeing is the most effective way? Like, or is it through creating a Shopify cart? Is it by selling through Facebook itself? Is it selling on Etsy or Amazon? It's like, you know, if you were starting fresh advising an artist, you know, who already has a Facebook presence, where it is and how it is that they can sell, their goal is to sell art, period. They don't even yeah. care right now, you know, like the, the avenue, the venue, whatever. They just want to know where they could sell yeah. the art. Where would you start for them? Yeah, so um, I, I like to think long term. And one thing that I like to keep in mind with, uh, you know, essentially artists, the, the art that they create is their own IP. And, you know, the, yeah, I, I like to have control over how I sell things and what I do with it. Okay. And that comes down also to the platform that you're on. And uh, you, you hear it all the time, particularly, for example, when Instagram changes its algorithm, you know, people get upset because their followers drop and stuff like that. So when it comes to the, this, the sales 
you know, the final steps in selling my artwork, I like to have as much control over that as possible. So I prefer to, to, to have my own website with my own shopping cart. Mm-hmm. And in the short term, it's, it's going to be a little bit harder. Uh, and, you know, there's ways you can, uh, you know, buffer that and, and, and obviously not, 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 not make it as, as difficult. And if you've already got your own Facebook following, then, you know, it won't be too difficult. Um, but, yeah, I, I like to have my shopping cart on my, um, my, uh, my own website. Now, saying that, a lot of people I know who's had a lot of success have started off on, on these platforms already because a lot of them have, you know, uh, print-on-demand services, which particularly at the start is very, very good, particularly if you're time poor because the, the hassle of, going out, finding a printing service, getting these prints done in bulk, getting them shipped to your house, storing them somewhere in your house. So, you know, you've got boxes yeah. all over the place. Right. Yeah, that can be a real headache. Okay. And, and sometimes if you are time poor, it, it's not going to be a probably an effective way to do things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of these, uh, you know, the, these, these online you know, stores, available that do print on demand are usually a really good to start off with. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm biased towards eventually going and having it on my website because I get to control it. And if that company in five years times goes bust, that's not my problem. You know, I've, I've got this thing that's in my control and, you know, and then in the background, you know, when you do start having, um, you know, lots of people buying your art and okay. At the start, you might have to have a, a, a creative of artwork in, in your basement or in your, uh, in, in your garage. But over time you can start to set up systems and stuff like that. Um, a lot of, a couple of artists I know who are very successful, they pay like $15 a month just to store their artwork at, you know, at a local warehouse and the orders get sent automatically there because he can control where the orders are sent because it's his website and he pays someone, you know, 2% of the order to package it and send it off. So, yeah. you know, that, and that's, that's a system that he's created. And it's not something I ever expected I have to start off without the bat. This guy's been doing it for a couple of years right. and he's learned what works, what doesn't work. He's made a lot of mistakes and this is what he, he's, he's built a system so he can focus more time on his artwork, on the marketing and the sales take care of itself. But saying that, for a beginning artist, there are people that have already set that up. And a lot of these online shops are good. And by all means, if you're a beginning artist, go for it. But keep in mind that uh, if you can control how, uh, the more you can control in your business, the more successful you're going to be in the long term because yeah. you can leverage and you can pivot and you're yeah. a lot more dynamic in what you can do. Yeah, that's such a good point. And you own, like, if you have an email list attached to your website, you own the people as opposed to, like you were saying, depending on other people's platforms. Um, for, for artists who are just starting out and wanting to do print on demand, uh, we've looked into it extensively. We've spent hours looking into it. Do you know in the artist community for doing custom prints and whether it's on apparel or bags or canvas hangings, whatever it is, do you know some of the top sites that people can start with? Like in the, the best? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'll be honest that that is a little bit outside of my expertise. Like I, I'm my focus more on the marketing side of things. Um, like I, 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 I'm 
you know, I've had artists that I've kind of helped with in terms of, uh, you know, letting them understand the larger questions and, and things that they need to deal with. And that has helped them make a decision in which one they've chosen because they, they know that, okay, for example, I want to do Facebook remarketing. So I need to find one that allows me to do like a Facebook, like, you know, put a Facebook pixel to track that stuff. And not everyone does that. So that's more what I do, but in terms of what's the best, you know, print on demand or t-shirt stuff. Uh, yeah. I can't answer that. No problem. Okay. So, so for, in a, like I create daily for instance, so we have apparel um, and let's say that we have our own shop through Shopify um, through our website, you can buy it. So if we were to hire you to market our line of apparel and what have you, would you, what would be, what would that look like working with you? What would be a package that, you know, and I don't know if you, you may or may not want to give prices. So it could be like a range that people could expect to pay if they were to outsource all of that. What would that yeah, look cool. like? Um, so, yeah. So in terms of um, how, I, how, how I would approach that, is um, obviously, you know, where you want to, your goals and all that stuff. And I've, I've talked about that before. Um, but I would also look at the low-hanging fruit. And the low-hanging fruit is uh, people that are already, who already know you, who are already interested, who are already looking at your website. And, you know, looking at the, the specific products on your website, okay? So an easy one is uh, remarketing to people who abandon the shopping cart. So they've clicked on something, they've clicked, put this in my shopping cart and for whatever reason, dinner's ready, they have to leave the computer and they forgot to buy. Okay. There, that's low hanging fruit right there. If you can set up a re I'm going to talk technical and, um, but you know, hopefully it'll give whoever is looking, if they use, you know, they can look it up on Google and figure out what this is. But if you were to use what's called a remarketing pixel, um, Google has it, Facebook has it. And that targets people that have gone into your, uh, your shopping cart, chosen a couple of things but haven't bought. And it remarks to them saying, hey, we, we saw that you guys left, da 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 this is still available for the next, you know, 24 hours or whatever. And you find that that, you know, you might pay a couple of cents for the, um, you know, that, that click for the person to come back to your website, but, you know, the return on investment is huge, you know, instead of, you know, that, that 50 cents that you just paid, resulted in, you know, three t-shirts bought, whereas before that would never have happened. So that's one. Yeah. Um, remarketing to people that already have bought. So setting up that Facebook pixel, that you, uh, that Google pixel to people that have already bought. So when you do do a new promotion of a new t-shirt or whatever it is, you can actually send specific advertisements and marketing to those people. Uh, and that would be very different to someone who hasn't bought to you before or someone who's cold, you know, someone who's never heard of you before. Yeah. Uh, and these, these people that have already bought from you, they're, they're more likely to buy from you again. Um, so they're the low hanging fruits and that's how I would initially start off with. And then, um, then, then I would look at the bigger things like, okay, we, we, we've, we've, you know, essentially, grabbed all those low hanging fruits. How can we look at the wider range of things? And so, uh, yeah, I would usually work with, okay, well, what is the long-term strategy? Who, who's our target market and the standard marketing things, and then come up with the, um, yeah, the, the specific strategies and, and ways that would be the best way to go about it. But yeah, that's how I do it. The short term would be 
focusing on the low hanging fruit through remarketing. And then, yeah, um, then we would focus on the expanded marketing outside of that. So this, and this may be a harder question, so it's okay. I don't want to put you on the spot, but more than I already have. Perhaps. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I like, okay, I like good. challenges. Good. Good. But it, um, it's, so like you mentioned earlier, uh, return on investment or ROI. So um, if someone were to hire you for your marketing services for their art or an author for their book kind of thing, like, is that part of what you look at as to whether or not it would be viable, like whether it would be practical for you to serve them based on what the potential return could be, what you could potentially get for them in return in order to pay for that service. You know, you know what I'm saying? So like that, that, that they're not in the negative over time, like after a couple yeah. months ROI working with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, I've um, been recently, so, so my background is obviously, you know, with digital marketing and, and, it's only been recently that I've decided to, to, to work with artists and it's still very much in a, in a new stage and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I'm, I'm, I've always been like, so, people are paying me and I want to make sure they get 10 times what they paid for. And if I, if I'm talking to someone and I'll give you an example, there's been plenty of artists who are friends of mine who have reached out to me say, Hey, I'd love to take you on as a consultant or whatever. And I've looked at their stuff and I've said, Right now, if you were to take me on as a consultant, you would be out of pocket for, for quite a while before you start to see a good return on investment. Um, and, and usually what I would do in those circumstances, particularly if they're just a hobby artist and they haven't sold anything yet, and da, 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 I would send them resources and, and, and a set of actions that they can take uh, and, and let them go off into the wild, do, you know, try some stuff, have successes, make a couple of sales and a couple of failures. The kinds of people that I, I really enjoy working with and I find is most beneficial for them is the people that who are somewhat established. You know, they, they've, they've gone to a couple of conventions, they've sold a couple of works, they might have a website, they've got a small handful of, you know, Instagram followers, but they haven't quite made the transition to really working on it full time or they feel stuck or something like that. Uh, that's where I like to come in because I can start getting results for them reasonably quickly like obviously there's a bit of a, a, a time where you know they've got to they've got to do some hard yards first before you know mm -hmm. that they that the results come in but I prefer working with those people because I know that they're going to get a ton of value within a, a shorter period of time um so yeah so a, a, and um I, I was speaking to you before this this conversation is I, I I've my, my goal with um, art ignition is to create those resources for those people that are just starting out and then create paid packages for people who are at a slightly different stages. So for example, one of the packages that I'm trialing at the moment, and again, um, you know, your listeners are more than happy to, to, to work with them is essentially like an online um, audit of their particular online presence. So it could be an overall thing. Like let's have a look at your overall marketing and I, I ask, I have, at the moment, I'm doing quick conversations that start to find out their goals, what they want to achieve. Uh, I then go through and, and assess everything that they're doing online. And I go, okay, what's working, what's not working? And I get, you know, it's essentially I give them a report. But what I also like to do is I like to give them specific step-by-step -step actions that they can take to move their 
them forward in whatever goals that they're looking to do. So obviously if it's the cell prints, great, go do this. Here's what I can see would work for you. Here's the low hanging fruit that you can, um, you can do, and here are the resources that can help you do it. That's like a one-off payment package kind of thing. And at the moment I'm doing that at about $150 US. Uh, but it's also got a lot of hands-on at the moment. It's, it's very much, I'm going to have a conversation at the start. I'm going to do the audit. I'm going to send the, the step-by-step. There's going to be a quick call, ask us to make sure everything's clear. And then I'll probably shoot, you know, have a call a month later. That's just something I'm doing right now because I really want to refine it as a service and make sure the value that I'm giving artists is 110%. So that's for like someone who might not have a huge budget, maybe has you know, a little bit of a following um, and then, but, but you know, can't afford, say for example, continuous consultation. That's like a one-off package. And then the next thing that uh, I'm doing as well, and I've got a couple of people that I'm, I'm, I'm doing this with, is I'm doing uh, one-on-one coaching. And essentially, the, uh, the one-on-one coaching is once a week, or once every fortnight, based, uh, and essentially, uh, I've got a structure to it. And the structure is, you know, figuring out what you want, best ways to do it, and then, you know, serious action. And through that, I provide you know, obviously my, my expertise is marketing, which reduces the stress. That's the biggest thing is artists are just like, there's so much out there. How do I even know what's going to work? Yeah. Like I, I've been doing marketing for way too long. <laughs> so I, I, I know a lot of the specific strategies that work, but I also have an over, overall understanding of the online marketing world. And I continue and I'm, always learning i geek out about it that's my area so i take care of all that kind of is this the right way to do it and i work with them to really hone in on what's actually going to work for them uh and then yeah my role changes from support to time management and um making sure that they're they're hitting their goals and when they do hit those hard times working with them to work through it so that that's that's um that's another thing that i'm doing and again it's it's offered uh, to 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 your audience as well. It's actually the first time I've I've offered it anyone to anyone outside of my uh, you know my you know social circle and, yeah. and acquaintances. So yeah. um, we'll definitely yeah. link to that in the the article mm-hmm. in the podcast notes as well. Um, yeah. So you're so that's coaching the strategy and coaching. Do you yep. also um, do the implementing? Like if we have somebody who's just does not want to do any of that themselves uh, and would just like to turn the whole thing over. Do you have a package for that? No, I'm currently not doing that at the moment. And the reason for that is, again, it comes down to relationships. A lot of the things when it comes to selling your art, it comes down to the relationship that you have with your audience. I can't be a substitute for the relationship that you have with your audience. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I'm, I'm not offering that package where I take care of your marketing. That might be something I do down the future, but again, I want to make sure it's something that artists actually get a return on investment from. Um, mm-hmm. And at this point in time, I, I like, I'm just not comfortable doing that. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I can't see it working as effectively as, um, you know, enabling artists and giving them specific things that they can do to build their audience because it is as a marketing particularly within the art scene is, is about building those relationships. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So uh, speaking to your own art for a moment and yep. 
getting back to your own aspirations and enjoyment of doing art. What, are you going to show yeah. us something? You're looking back. Oh, no, I was just, oh, sorry. I, 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 so off screen okay. right here, I've got like all of my art supplies and stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I figured that was something like that because you're looking, uh, looking to the side there. So I know you're referencing something. Um, yeah. We're on audio only. That was just a, <laughs> yeah, it was a visual moment. Um, so are you actively selling your art online any, or anywhere at this point or, and, or is that, if not, is that one of your aspirations? Um, at the moment I'm not. Um, and the reason for that is I'm just enjoying creating. I, I, I have no wish to make money off my art right now. Um, in the future. Yeah. I'd love to like marketing is what I do. Like it's, it's, it's believe it or not, it's something I enjoy a lot of, but for artists, that's very rare, <laughs> but yeah. I'm one of those people that I, I love art. I'm creating every day. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's the same with marketing. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my website. So I'm, I'm, you know, brainstorming, like it's, it's the same. So yeah, that's where I'm at with my own personal art. It's good. So fun. you mentioned websites, plural. Do you have more than just art ignition that you're working on maintaining? And also, um, I guess this is a two part question, but what are you doing every day in terms of creativity? I know you mentioned doing Inktober, which is the yeah. drawing, uh, sketching every day. So are you building mo multiple websites yourself and are they similar to the art ignition? No. So I like, uh, I, I run my own online marketing consultancy. Okay. But my, my, um, and essentially that's my nine to five, but I, I work from home. So this is my office uh, and art studio. Um, nice. So, so I, I, I have clients outside of the, the art niche that, um, that I work with. Um, so that's what I meant by websites. And I do also have other, other websites that are, are mine as well. But again, they're, they're more uh, service-based business. Like I'm helping service-based businesses. I own the website, but I, I work with, you know, locksmiths or, or whatever that is, right? So very much separate from art. So um, that's what I talk about with when I talk about websites is I, I have – other people's websites that I'm helping with. Uh, and I have other websites that were kind of like, you know, me playing around with different marketing strategies to see what works and, and they're successful. So I continue playing with them. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was your first question. I think the second question was like, what, what am I? Yeah. Creative. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, my, my wife calls me crazy. I like to get up early. So <laughs> Uh, I usually get up at five o'clock in the morning uh, and I usually focus on, on art, like something creative. It's either my own art. So I'll sit and I'll, I'll draw uh, or, or, or whatever that might look like. At the moment, art ignition is definitely a big focus, focus there. And um, my, my wife's quite creative as well. So, you know, in the evenings we'll be relaxing. Like last night, I just grabbed a sketchbook. She had a knitting and I was just sketching away and she was, she was knitting and we're just chatting, you know, that's yeah. what we do. Nice. Um, so that's a very general overview of, of my, my daily habits. But essentially for me, I have a goal. Uh, there's, a, there's a thing I came across called tiny habits. Tiny habits is uh, pretty much like just setting a small goal and, and the goal itself, like daily goal. And the goal itself doesn't have to be huge. It, that's not the point. The point is getting the habit of doing it regularly. Yeah. So I have my, my daily goal is draw for five minutes and I can tell you now, sometime it's literally like I'm about to go to bed and you get that same feeling when you kind of 
forget to brush your teeth. You're like, I know I need to get up and brush my teeth. <laughs> like that. Oh, no, I've got to draw. So I'll literally like grab my phone, put the timer on for five minutes, and I'll just draw. Sometimes it's just me scribbling, and sometimes I'll draw something, you know. But it's the habit of continuously doing it. And it now, now it's like, um, you know, I, I'm drawing half an hour to an hour each day. Uh, and it's it's effortless. And I don't feel like I need to. Mm. And it's also, um, uh, if I miss five minutes in one day, and it happens, um, I don't, I don't beat myself, <laughs> you know, like, you know, get the whip and over the back. Yeah. It's like, okay, I missed tomorrow, uh, yesterday, but you know what? Five minutes today. I don't have to make up those five minutes. I just have to get back into the habits, the habit itself rather than the amount of time. Yeah. So that, that's kind of what's always in the back of my head. Um, and the other, uh, because I am in a small country town, there's not a huge amount of artists uh, around. There is actually, there's, there's quite a lot of artists, but in terms of the kind of art I want to create and the level that I want to create it to, there's not many of that. So I've found, I, I believe very much by surrounding yourself with people who, you know, obviously can push you forward. And in this case, I might not have a real world version of that, but um, I, I, I've, I've created that online. Get involved with forums. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've signed up to a subscription with um, a website called New Masters Academy. So that, that's another thing, you know, like there's a group there and, you know, the, the fact that money's coming out of my account every month yeah. is a, it's a good reason for me to, I better use this, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, paying for it. That's so awesome. I, I put in these things um, outside of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I create an environment that pulls me towards creating art because um, I realized very early on relying on willpower alone, uh, it's, it's a limited resource. Mm. Um, and you know, some, sometimes your emotions can just take hold and, and that's why I didn't draw for 10 years. You know, I was so hard on myself. I didn't have an environment that called for me to be creative in a way that really, you know, was expressive to me. And so I actively created an environment where I don't have to think I just I just get in and do that's awesome yeah and when I when I haven't drawn for a couple of days people are like hey dude you haven't posted up on this forum what's going on like oh okay yeah yeah Yeah. well (laughs) you mentioned that in your local area you don't have a lot of people who are aspiring in the way you're aspiring so what are your personal um art aspirations yeah, so my personal art aspirations at the moment is I have an innate curiosity just around people and and the world around me. So it's it's about capturing that, but it's not just like reproducing it. It's kind of like putting my own flavor into it, you know. Um you know, I, I do I do like this the the learning involved in trying to capture reality, but I also like the idea of, uh, you know, maybe making a little bit surreal or, or, or bringing in emotion or playing something up. So my works at the moment, I, yeah, I've been doing a lot of life drawing and stuff like that. I'm naturally gravitating towards that. Um, I really like uh, the, um, you know, the dramatic, uh, the drama behind like, you know, intense light and shadow. And, you know, sometimes you might have the face and shadow, but you can't tell this side of the face to the background. It's all 
black, you know, like mm-hmm. I love that really vivid kind of stuff. So like, I, yeah, like I'm looking at one of the things I'm doing right now, I'm playing with charcoal, you know, and it's very much like that. It's like this guy, he's kind of got like this odd little expression and uh, he's looking off into the corner and his eyes all lit up but this other side is is dark and it, it, you know, it has this kind of like playful but ominous you know like something's not right and he's thinking <laughs> and, something, and, and it tells a story and I've, I've i'm in a, a, a space of exploration of of those kinds of just playful little fun things and the dramatic and you know bringing elements of the classical with with kind of like modern day things so yeah it's fun it's just it's all fun and just at the moment it's for me it's it's an exploration and i'm just completely riveted in that i love it that's fantastic so it sounds like you're at the stage of building your inventory of work essentially and in that process developing and discovering yourself more fully as the artist Uh, and then you'll have to ask yourself your own question your own (laughs) question of what is it that you want from your art and what is it you want to do with it right in order to discover where and yeah. how and if you're going to get your art out into the world. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and, and I, I'm excited for that. And, and I, I think about that every day. Um, you know, like, and for me, it's like, I, I want to make an impact in the world. You know, that's just who I am. Um, so I, I don't kind of, you know, a lot of, and I used to do this all the time, it's like, you know, every piece of artwork has to be like, this has to make an impact with someone uh that doesn't work right because i yeah. can't control how other people relate to my artwork all i can <laughs> yeah. all i can do is like is this having an impact on me yeah and if yeah. it has an impact on me well okay maybe it'll have an impact on someone else is yeah. this speaking to me in a way i'd like it to speak and if it does yeah. great and if it doesn't that's okay too it's an yeah. opportunity for me to play and learn and yeah, you know, just to yeah. see what I can do and how I can stretch myself. So Fantastic. Well, we've already kept you way too long. I appreciate so much your sharing yes. your knowledge and experience and your thoughts and aspirations with us. In our audience, I'm sure that many people will find it very helpful. Is there any closing thoughts or comments that you have before we let you go? No, I like, firstly, thank you guys. I, I love your podcast. I, uh, it's helped with a lot of long country uh, car, car trips. You're just oh, listening. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, if, if people want to learn more or want help, um, yeah, check out Art Ignition. Uh, like, and I'm always willing for feedback. I, like, mm-hmm. it's there to help artists. So, you know, if you guys are dealing with something uh, and you've got, you know, you, you want to speak to me, uh, great. I think the link will be down below yeah. the podcast. Yeah. But also just shoot me an email on Art Ignition if you've got an idea for a, an article that you, you'd like to see. Like, hey, I've got this question around Pinterest or I've got this question yeah. around Instagram or this is my situation. Yeah, definitely. And I'll be like, sweet. Like, that's fantastic. I want to make sure every single piece of content on that website makes a difference for someone. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Excellent. Sounds great. Hi. So we just stopped recording uh, in our interview <laughs> with Nathan Hughes. And then we got into this wonderful conversation mm-hmm. ongoing afterwards. And we knew we should have been running the recorder. We're going to try and recapture just a little bit. So back to you, Nathan. Share what you were talking about relative to deep work and productivity habits and that sort of thing. Yeah, cool. So um, what we were talking about was a concept uh, that's actually mentioned in the book uh, Switch by uh, Dan Heath and his brother. And it's essentially, it's about uh, the elephant, the rider and the path. And 
the, the rider is like your willpower, right? He, he's, he's smart. He can kind of point in the direction, but he's not very strong. And then you have the elephant, which is this, this big emotional roller coaster. If it wants to go somewhere, then it's like the rider might be able to turn it for a little bit, but in the end, it's going to, uh, it's going to win. And then you have the path and the path is the environment around you. And what I was talking about was like willpower is definitely good. It's limited. The emotions, you know, this stuff can happen and set your emotions off anytime. Right. So the, the, those areas you can't control, but what you can control is your environment. And so what I was talking about was creating an environment that naturally leads you to creativity. So I was mentioning, um, you know, I've set up things in my life that, if I'm not creating, they kind of start sounding little alarm bells and that's other people. You know, I have friends who are creatives and I've, you know, they'll contact me if they haven't heard from me in a couple of days and they're like, Hey dude, like, what are you, what are you up to? And if I'm like, well, I haven't done anything. They're like, well, you better get onto it. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I also, like, you know, for me, you know, like I was saying, uh, uh, I'm not a cheapskate, but, you know, I don't like wasting money. And, you know, signing up to a, a subscription-based art course, you know, if I see that, that, you know, that $40 is coming out of my account and I know I haven't been creative, that's, that's like a massive, like I better, I don't want to waste this money, you know, like I better get in on it. So I have those kind of little prompts in the background that are outside of my direct control. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm motivated. It doesn't matter if I'm feeling, you know, horrible. Mm -hmm. That friend's still going to call. I'm still going to feel guilty every time I look at that, you know, $40 gone and I haven't done any creativity. So it's a good thing to switch me back into that creative mode. Mm -hmm. Then you have my physical environment. So as you can see here, I have my own office. I've created a space. And this space for me when I come in here is very much get stuff done so it's very much uh you know, i run my own business from home i'm here i'm sitting down from a computer i'm doing stuff towards my business or it's i'm doing stuff around my art i'm in here i'm going to be creative so and then to refine that even further i have stuff on my desk when i'm working i don't have any of my art supplies to distract me i'm focused on whatever it is i'm doing a client this conversation, a website, I'm focused on it, okay? And the visual clues are I've got my keyboard, I've got my notebook, my work notebook, you know, I've got certain pens and pencils sitting on my desk ready for me to get to work. But when I'm there and I'm creative, I don't have that stuff on my desk. I put it up on the side. I grab mm. my sketchbooks, my charcoal, whatever it is I'll be working on, and that's here. And that tells mm. me it's creativity time. Okay, so that, that they're the physical things that I can do. I look at what it is in my environment that prompts me on a subconscious level, subconscious level this is the time to work. This mm -hmm. is the time to be creative. This is the time to have fun and create art. And if I'm not in that headspace, if I'm sitting here and I've found out that I've been stuffing around on Facebook for five minutes, I'm not in that do mode. I will pick myself up. I will walk out of the environment. This environment is not for bludging. I'll go out. I'll sit on the couch for 10 minutes. I'll go make myself a cup of coffee. I've got two big dogs. I'll go out and I'll wrestle with them. And yeah. I'll relax, refresh my mind. And when I'm ready to get stuff done, I come back in. Yeah. And on the concept of uh, deep work, you know, a lot of this stuff uh, we were talking about uh, comes from obviously the book, 
uh, switch, which I highly recommend anyone looking to create really good habits. And the other thing is also um, uh, uh, an author called Cal Newport, and he wrote a, bo a book called Deep Work, and I, I definitely recommend that as well. Uh, for any creative or anyone who just wants to really just spend time doing something that they love and get into that flow. It's really good. Okay. Awesome. Excellent. So I didn't, I didn't ask you permission to say this ahead of time. <laughs> so hopefully this will be okay. But like the other thing we were talking about off camera is you were, we were uh, talking back and forth about ideas around podcasting and business growth and what have you. And you were talking about that being one of the things that you had considered is the possibility of podcasting. So toward that, you know, I would present back to you and I think that this would be helpful for our own audience as well. Um, it's good for all of us. And it's one of the things that we do regularly. Like we have a, a productivity journal, basically um, a 90 day goals planner. If it's yep. right in with your concept of looking at the macro, then breaking it down to the weekly, to the daily and that sort of thing. And we're really big on that. Um, but one of the things that happens a lot, and that's one of the things you and I, we were all talking about, and that is the concept of all the things available and all the possibilities, you know, how to decide what to focus on and which one to hone in on. Um, and so relative to that, you know, the things that you're considering, whether, you know, whether you would start a podcast or whatever, um, I would put it right back to your original thing to the artist, your original question to your, your clients. And that is, what do you really want to have happen? You know, where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? And then re deconstruct that working backwards. So like, for instance, if you love marketing and you love serving clients, but you don't even you don't think you would love running an agency with people doing implementing for your your uh, consulting clients and that sort of thing. Mm. One thing you could achieve that though, because you know, especially if you're you know you're married, you have a family, and that can end up tying up a lot more of your time than than you would idealize in the lifestyle that you would like to create for yourself. Yeah. Um, in which case, then stepping back, you could because there are, again many people in our audience you're probably considering. Oh, I wonder if I should do a podcast. Everyone's talking about podcasts. So, but you love to converse, you love to talk to artists, you love to share knowledge, you're good with marketing. You're outgoing, uh, you're you have the personality of, you know, so a, a friendly voice. Yeah, so I would say that mm -hmm. it could be, could well be then this concept of building a podcast, knowing that it's a long haul over time, but you're a visionary, yeah. looks toward the future. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so that's an okay thing that that might in the end kind of leapfrog over you know, all the stuff in the middle in terms of your reach and exposure mm -hmm. with one-on-one -on -one client work kind of thing over time. So that's definitely, you know, something to consider. And again, the kind of thing that I think our audience can look at as well. So how does that sound? Yeah, like um, one, one thing that kind of popped into my head while you were saying that is um, to give you a little bit more context around the back of my stories, I'm a very goal-orientated person. And it's a fantastic attribute to have. It means I actually get stuff done. Yeah. The downfall of that and, and the reason that I really w I stopped doing art for so long was I didn't actually take time to enjoy the journey, the goal, the, you know, the, the end, mm. irrelevant of the means, right? And so when it comes to these things like, you know, where am I going to take this? What do I want to do? And, you know, broader questions of, you know, how, how am I going to market it, right? I actually take, a big thing now is take into consideration what do I enjoy? What in this moment will light me up? Like talking to you guys, you know, the idea of a podcast and speaking to people, 
that's really exciting to me. That's something that I, I feel I'm like that's really awesome, right? And so that, that's definitely something I can I consider now. It's like, is this something that on a day-to-day basis I can see myself doing and enjoying? If it's not, then that marketing idea gets put to the side. Okay. Exactly. And then the other side of things is my, my goal is I want to essentially work full time helping artists. And that means I need to make money. I need to be able to support myself, my wife and my family. Okay. And so, yeah, well, will this idea help me essentially do that? Will it help me make money? Now, podcasting, like you said, it's a long-term thing. So the way I'm going to do it is going to be very precise in, 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 in doing that. Right? I don't want to beat around the bush. I want to attract a certain kind of customer that I can help. And yes, ultimately make money from. So, you know, you got to consider these two things, you know, obviously what you enjoy and what makes money and then the value that you can provide people. And if you can tick all those three, you know, you're definitely on a, a winner. Definitely. Yeah. And so our audience, um, and as well as yours, people can uh, write in can, and send an email to us creators at iCreateDaily.com. They can connect with you on your site and tell us like what kind of podcasts they would love to see you do, what kind of episodes they would like to see us do. Um, Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. And then you know, as someone who listens to and tunes into podcasts as well, it's like, what's missing? You know, like what's missing out there of the podcast? Like what would you, the last last thing you listened to is like, what were you thinking? You know, wouldn't it be nice to hear kind of thing? Or mm-hmm. I wish they had said more about this or that kind of thing. Yeah. Knowing, start those notes and that's what you can create. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, no, I, I, I love those conversations. I, yeah, great. definitely. Yeah. All right, well, the last thing, but we didn't get to ask you in the last session before we let you finally go. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you have anything that you wanted to share about the struggles that you know that you experience on a day-to-day basis or just periodically in your business like what kind of things do you struggle with um well i think any artist can relate with self-doubt um you know e- even when you're um you're you know you're just drawing or maybe you're doing a warm-up thing and sometimes you can't help it your brain's just like you know this is horrible you know um uh, and I think a lot of that self-doubt, the way I deal with it is I I accept that 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 happens. It's part of being human. You know, you second guess yourself and kind of uh, being okay with it. Um, That's very obtuse, but um, (laughs) it's okay. okay. Just forget about it. It's like, uh, yeah, easier said than done. Um, So I'm trying, I'm trying to, this is something that's kind of been ingrained with within me that I've, I've developed so I'm, I'm trying to see how i the actions that i take that that do it and i think um going back to the artist way a lot of the different things in there um really helped a lot of the, the they've got questions and activities you can do and a lot of it's actually when you feel that self-doubt really digging into it like why am i doubting myself right now you know, they've got the things called the morning pages and I did that for a long time. I've stopped it for now, but, uh, you know, whenever I feel that kind of self-doubt, I just go in and I just splurge. And I can tell you now, those three pages, I don't even understand what I'm writing. So, yeah. you know, yeah. but it, 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 there's always that little thing of like, wow, like, you know, one of the big things when I was younger, when I was in high school, I had a teacher that said, you will never make money doing art. She was an art teacher. And I was just like, who says that, right? But I didn't know that that was something that was playing in the back of my head. So, you know, being a very business-oriented person, 
when I first started doing art, I'd start drawing and I really enjoyed drawing, but I had this thing in the back of my head saying, this is just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when I, instead of ignoring that and going, nah, I've, got to, I've got to suppress that. I've got to da 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 I mean, no, 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 let's just start writing and see what comes out. And this idea of this art teacher said this, da 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 just popped into my head. And I went, wow, that is a load of BS. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it gave me power in that because I could see that that's where that, that thing's coming from. Yeah. Up all the time, you know, like, you know, am I good enough? You know, like, yeah, if, 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 yeah, and I, I get this as a marketer all the time. Like, when you're about to press publish on that, that article, you're like, yeah. you know, that there's, you know, you're always second guessing, is there something better I can do and stuff like that? Yeah. And uh, there's a, there's an illustrator called uh, Jake Parker, and he, he says, um, uh, better finish than perfect. Because yeah. if it's, you know, like if you put it out there and it's done, it's going to have more impact than if you continue to fret about it. So yeah. when I'm there in that moment and I'm drawing and I have that self-doubt, sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's that little teacher talking in the back of my head. I'm going to hang up on her, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's really helpful. Yeah, totally. You know? It's amazing how much writing out your issues or talking to somebody about them and just, uh, I think especially writing out whatever problem you have and then just seeing it. And then when you're in a clearer mind state, looking at it again and seeing how kind of ridiculous it is, like not yeah. to belittle anybody's issues whatsoever, but it's more just like uh, getting it out of you and then noticing this is no longer part of me. I've gotten it out and mm-hmm. that's a different version of me that's not relevant anymore. It's like a mental pimple. pimple. You just want to squeeze all the crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that? You clean yeah. up. You well, you know, and it's a good thing you mentioned that. so visual. That. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> all the artists out there go, oh, oh no. <laughs> but, but it's, it's a good thing you mentioned the thing about yeah. the doubt as well and the yeah. teacher because, you know, how it's like, imagine how many artists or perspective or would be artists, but for, you know, might, might've become artists, might've developed that side of them, but they didn't because of some negative Mm -hmm. voice in the past. And so it's a really good point about getting those negative voices out, whatever, in whatever way it works for you, becoming aware of them, acknowledging them, and then putting them in their place and just recognizing it's time to move on from them and let that from them and let that go. So that's a really good point. Yeah, and that, that and that's where having that little bit of uh, being easy on yourself, you know, yeah. I I was I like I I'm I can be quite hard on myself, but there's times when I'm just like, no, I need I'm human. This happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Okay. That's part of the journey. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Nathan Hughes of ArtIgnition.com. Once again, thank you so much. <laughs> thank um, you. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us for the I Create Daily podcast. Please let us know what creatives you would like us to interview and what topics you would be interested in hearing more about. And if you enjoyed this show, please leave a review on iTunes. We value your feedback. We read all the reviews and it just helps us get the word out on the I Create Daily podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks so much.